This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy, Jared Davis. We're going to be talking about Western Kentucky. Auburn faces them on Saturday, 3 p.m. Central Time, and uh, they're they're having a pretty decent season. You know, last year they went nine and five. Uh, this year they're seven and four. Uh, but you know, it is Western Kentucky. You know, if you look at their their wins and their losses, I mean, there's no ranked teams. There's, I mean, Troy beat them. UAB almost beat them. Indiana beat them. I mean, like this is they're going to be a tough team. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I'm look kind of looking at the line, you know, like you, Jared, and we're thinking, whoa, we're only favored by you know five and a half points or a field goal, and that's you know, a little disconcerting because you know you would more likely, more than likely, look at Western Kentucky and be like, oh, cool, we're going to beat them by like 25 points or 24 points or something. And uh, I don't know if we have that feeling necessarily, but how are you kind of you know approaching this game against Western Kentucky uh, this week? I mean, uh, here's the scary thing, right? Like if we get behind, can we come back? Because mm. we don't pass the ball. Mm-hmm. But here's the positive note. Let me tell you something, AJ. Um, the last four games for Auburn, <clears throat> rushing yards against Ole Miss, 301. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, 183. Okay. Mississippi State, two, we're rounding up, 250, oh, we're rounding down, 255. Okay. Texas A&M, 270, I believe. Let me look and see. Seems about right. Yeah. 270. Okay. So in the last four games against SEC opponents, we've had 300, 180, and over 250 twice. I think we're going to run all over Western Kentucky. I think that we figured something out on the run game. Mm-hmm. Is my point of all that. I think we have, and somebody said it, was it, it may have been, I don't know. Somebody was talking about these guys were always decent run blockers, which I would argue that a little bit, but there have been spurts of it and I've said their problem is pass protection. Right. And I think that Will Friend and them were like, figured that out and said, what do we do best? And get the ball to your best players. Get it to <laughs> Love Tank, it. Get it to Jarquez. Yeah. Look, it isn't pretty. It's more Tommy Tuberville ball. And we would never win a championship like this this day and age. But right now, they are they're they're making very wise decisions on the offensive side of the ball. Right, and you just kind of at this point in the season, you got to grind it out. I mean, to me, you know, I feel like the players could have legitimately packed it up and been like, "All right, we're checking out," just like Jimbo was. And yet, the players are still fighting. They're having fun, and I think that says a lot for kind of where the you know, they put in all this work and now they're getting to you know, show out and and show what they've they, you know kind of put behind the scenes they've done all that hard work and now they're they're able to you know not get as much fruit out of it as I'm sure they hoped but still be kind of fruitful they're they're able to enjoy you know what they've done and and that's winning a football game um you know now they've they've won four games it's definitely not what Auburn fans hope for but we've got a chance to win that fifth game. And, uh, I mean, that that could potentially, you know, put us in a really good spot, uh, you know, to be. And I was just thinking about this. You know, there's occasionally that five and seven team that gets asked 
to a bowl game. How cool would that be if Auburn ends up being that team uh, that gets those extra practices when I think most people, probably even the players, thought, eh, we lost to Mississippi State. There's really no chance. And now you, you might have a chance at getting those extra practices for those younger players, which I think can be really influential in kind of the momentum for the next season because you get those extra reps. So, all right, Jared, I also want to talk about, you know, kind of, you know, we, we've you know thought back on, you know, the Cadillac age of, you know, the last couple weeks of him being our coach. And, and you went to college, you know, when Cadillac was there and got to experience as a student the 2004 season. I want to think about, you know, think back to that and think back to, you know, how is Cadillac bringing some of that, you know, the undefeated mindset back to this team and and them buying into it so quickly. Did you just tell everybody kind of how old I am? I mean, maybe. Yeah, I mean, so you could have been you, you could have been that. like Stetson Bennett and been like a 40 year old football <laughs> player and still not graduate. You know, maybe maybe I was a child prodigy. Maybe I was in. Yeah, but that was even me. <laughs> um, no, I was. I actually had a class with Cadillac. He he did. My son wants to know if Cadillac knows me because of that. And I said, no, son, that's not how it works. I'm not important. Nah. Um, <laughs> I knew Cadillac was in there because he was the best running back in the SEC. So, um. Yeah, I mean, it was that it was as the season grew, it was one of those where like you just you knew you were going to win. I mean, like Mm -hmm. it wasn't really any doubt. It was like it was a machine systematic. I think the only game we trailed was LSU. um, And that was very early on. I think we were. uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure we didn't trail again for the rest of the year, Uh, maybe potentially in the Sugar Bowl against Virginia Tech at one point. But anyways, it was just. We brought in Al Borges, um, run the ball mentality. I mean, Ronnie Brown, Cadillac Williams. I mean, we went up to, that was my, I went up to Knoxville and, you know, heard all the stories of how daunting of a task that is. And we went up there and I mean, that crowd was exiting after the first quarter. That was the one, Mm. if you've seen the famous picture where Ronnie Brown plows over a guy at the goal line, there's a photo of that. Um, That duo was amazing. It was fun. Um, Jason Campbell had kind of been criticized most of his career and some of it rightfully so he had not lived up to the hype, but man, he was, he was awesome that year. And just the schemes that Borges brought, it was a fun season, man, but it was definitely that hard nose, you know, they won by pretty big amounts by the end of the game, each game, but it wasn't like spread it out, you know, putting up a ton early. It was more, we're going to grind you down and nothing you can do about it. Yeah. I mean, do you think some of that bleeds over into this season? I mean, I was just thinking about, you know, the the little bit that we've got to see where we have truly committed to this run game and it's been successful. Now, we haven't necessarily done the grinding at like, you know, probably the 2004 team did. But I mean, for a team that is was three and six, you know, they they grinded as much as they could. And. Yeah, really opened up some some pretty good holes and allowed our running backs to get inspired and do what they you know came to Auburn to do, which is you know run the ball and they ran the ball really well. And you got to think, I mean, I'm just thinking about Cadillac, you know, being a running back himself, being the running backs coach for these guys for the last few years, and yeah, you know, now he's their head coach. Like Tank and Jarquez 
have to be so inspired right now. Um, and, and they're, they're now able to do you know, in these games, get both of them over a hundred yards in the last game. And, and that's something really cool and something to be really proud of uh, for this team. And I think that comes back to how Cadillac's really, he's, he's decided to, you know, we're going to love on these guys and we're going to show them we, we, we got your back. And I think that to me says a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, your, I think your question was, does that bleed over? I think it does. I mean, to some degree, Tommy Tuberville was was very Pat Dye-esque in the sense of, of um, not style, but like, hey, hard nose, run the ball, establish the run game, play good defense, and you're going to win the ball game. And Cadillac is carrying that. I mean, we're like 70-30 run to pass right now. <laughs> but but the other so that is definitely carrying over. Uh, but the other thing is. It doesn't take a rocket scientist, you wouldn't think, to figure this out. You get the ball to the best people on your team as much as possible. And the best right. people on our team on offense are taking Jarquez. Yeah. And and previously we were getting the ball what like yeah. maybe thirteen times a game. It, each, there's been four like, quarters tank that even get on the field. I mean I I can't I can't that, it, but, Yeah. Anyway, so like I think my point is they're looking at the success, you know, the success of the 2004 team was their run game and saying, we're going to commit to this. We were going to do that. And we're doing the same thing here. So I think you, it's pretty cool. You, all right. So real quick, to be successful, you eliminate your weaknesses as much as possible. Yep. And you emphasize your strengths. Uh, this is not a, this is no knock on him. He was not meant to be the starter this year, but Robbie Ashford is your quote unquote weakness. Eliminate that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Taking Jarquez are your strengths. Emphasize that. The prior regime was not doing that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. it's just smart. 70-30 might be a little much, but um, at the end of the day, it, hey, it's working. I mean, we, we I mean, we almost beat Mississippi State. So, yeah. and, and guess what? That was also committing to the run when the game, you know, right. we were down 21 points. <laughs> supposedly yeah yeah we're down 21 and we didn't give up you kept yeah. giving it to your best players and amazing things happen when you give it to your best players right and and i think that's kind of the that inspiration that these players are getting is that wow you know i thought you know i'm sure tank on the sideline in the fourth quarter of plenty of games where he's he's on the sideline he's not getting the ball and we're down you know he was like these coaches not believe in me and guess what? Now we have at points, we didn't even talk about this in our review, but we have three running backs on the field sometimes at the same time. Like they are committed to these running backs saying, we're going to get you the ball any possible way we can. And it's well, and another cool, this is so minor, but it's not really. And I, I mean, unless this is normal, the, the guy that posted it didn't make it seem like it's normal. And I don't even remember who posted it, but it was a tweet of something about, um, Cadillac Williams had stepped to the podium to do his press conference and Tank had come into the room and sat in the back to watch it. Oh, no, that's not normal. I can guarantee you that's not normal. That yeah, would have it, been talked about by most people. Like yeah. any any other team. You know, if you know Saban comes up there and you got you know one of his you know top players out they're not listening to it. They're in this they're in the locker room having fun celebrating and Tank like you said, he was he was in the back and he was listening. Yeah, I think that just goes to show the impact that Cadillac talked about 
you know, these players, all they're doing is they're essentially loving on them and telling them, hey, you know, they're showing them how much they matter. Right. Um, and there's no doubt that only goes so far. Like, it's a unique situation. Cadillac only has to worry about four games, right? You don't have to worry about mm-hmm. building out a coaching staff and all this, okay? So it's a little unique. But at this point, it's the best thing the team needs. And, and I think these guys, they're using the word love, and I get it, man, but I think it really is opening the team up to being like, hey, look, like I was about ready to mail this thing in, but now I'm I'm going to fight for y'all. Like I, I want to fight for y'all. Yeah. And I think that's why you're seeing, we was it the last podcast we talked about the missed tackles or maybe that's why we went mm-hmm. down 41 missed tackles our last two games under Harson to 12, you know, that's yeah. effort, man. That is, that's effort. That, yeah. That's straight effort. And I, I think it shows, which is kind of crazy to see a lot of this really is truly coaching and, I mean, I think Harson kind of had his place and we thought, oh, cool, this might happen. But it just kind of shows you kind of where where the the program continually started to go downhill and where they finally were like, we got to make a change. And I'm so thankful they made that change now that we're, you know, towards the last couple of games of the season, because it gives this this fan base some hope Um, and it it gets the fan, you know, the players themselves, that momentum. I mean, even the Mississippi State game, some momentum to take into the next season. Because, I mean, even think about, you know, last year, you know, we had, what, pretty much just the Iron Bowl to hold on to. And that was still, like, one of those crazy games. And, and I mean, that, this, I feel like this, at the end of this season, if we can beat Western Kentucky, I don't think we're going to beat Bama, but if we beat Western Kentucky, that momentum into the next season is going to be a lot more. And I mean, the whole narrative, I mean, I think it's kind of showing kind of wrong. I mean, especially today, you know, Monday, we're hearing lots about, you know, next coach, you know, Lane Kiffin, is he around? Is he doing this? Whatever. Is he going to take Auburn's job? And you're kind of seeing, you know, Auburn is a legit place for a coach to come to. And while we do have her dysfunction, there's so much more stuff that, I think coaches look at and you're seeing Cadillac, you know, kind of embody that. Um, I, I think Cohen was, did a masterful thing by flipping the just Auburn being Auburn. Yeah. I mean, when he gave his speech and he was like, when I think of just Auburn being Auburn, it's, you know, Bo Jackson, it's, you know, uh-huh. but even after the game now you can't, you know, after too much, it'll probably become a little cheesy, but right now it's not. I mean, he went to, he, I think he tweeted a picture of Toomer's corner after it was rolled, and it said just Auburn being Auburn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great because that's been the it, to the point to where Auburn fans even started believing it. That's been the yeah. national, and nobody's pushed back. Nobody's fought back. We just accepted it and said, yep, they're right. Cohen's right. like, no, no, no. I'm going to steal your phrase that you're using against us, and I'm going to use it back at you and say, yep, that's just Auburn being Auburn. Right. You know, packing out a stadium when you're three and six. Yep. Or rolling tumors after a you know just a win over another three and eight team and loving it and thousands of people flooding downtown like that's the kind of you know Auburn being Auburn saying the students not leaving the players coming back yeah. out and celebrating with them yeah I mean that's special yeah that's special um, and I mean you and I went there we experienced it Auburn is a special place. And you know what I was also thinking about, you know, some of these students in particular, they got two COVID years, essentially, a lot of these, they got two years of Harson, and, and they're just like, 
I, 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 you know, I grew up and they probably, a lot of them saw success under Gus Malzahn and, you know, maybe even back to Tuberville too. And, you know, obviously they saw the Cam Newton, like they saw that and they thought, wow, that's fun. I want to be a part of that. And I feel like they haven't gotten to experience that from a football perspective. Thankfully they've gotten, you know, the current students got to experience this crazy yeah. Bruce Pearl era. But the Bruce Pearl, yeah, that's right. You and I didn't get basketball, but that yeah. was the most fun. Maybe not be the right word. Let's go with that because it's easiest. That was the most fun I've had in an Auburn football game since mm. 2017. Why, why we, was that? Why Why did you say that? I want to dig into that. Um, I think it was, you know, I don't – it's so fickle, right? I mean, there's a tipping point somewhere because there's been big games, but this one was one of those It was like, all right, it was Cadillac. You knew you had a chance to win. Mm-hmm. It was a night game. It was, um, we've been, there's hope. I yeah. think hope is probably the biggie. It was like, all right, look, we, we got rid of the, we have stopped the bleeding and we are on at least a path to fixing the problem. And I think there is hope. Um, number one, everybody wants the new, the new coaches to keep Cadillac, but I think there's a genuine hope right now. We'll find out, but I think there's a genuine hope with the new administration that they're going to actually get this right. Mm hmm. I think that there, I think that they, there's a hope and there are rumors that the hope is true in the moment that, that everybody's pulling in the same direction right now. We'll yeah. find out, but um, it doesn't matter if we find out later because the hope was there Saturday night. So let's kind of circle back to Western Kentucky. And, you know, we, we are kind of, you know, we're talking about the coaching and that, I think that leads into, uh, you know, this Western Carolina or Western Kentucky game and, you know, Auburn, it's only favored five and a half points at home. And that to me seems very low. Um, but I, I think Auburn, I, I really don't believe that. If I'm being honest. Um, I think we can, we can win a lot more than that. Uh, preseason, I think I predicted about 28 points. Well, I didn't, I don't think I factored in Western Kentucky has uh, had a pretty good season already. And, uh, I even made a prediction, which is kind of interesting, that uh, Rob, we would see a lot of Robbie Ashford or Calzada. Well, we're going to see a lot of Robbie Ashford. <laughs> so I guess I'm partially right. My, my guess is he starts, honestly. Wow. I mean, that would uh, be so amazing. Did you amazing. predict that back in the beginning of the year? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think ultimately I think we'll win by at least a couple scores. I say we win by 14. Derek, how are you kind of filling out this uh, Western Kentucky game and how Auburn will go, do against them? I, there's really there's no map. There's no road map. I mean, I you know, we've – and coming off an emotional win, can Cadillac get them fired back up again? Luckily, it's not a 12 p.m. or 12 p.m. Eastern time game. Um, so that's – I think that'll help. But I, I think we went by 21. If we get behind, I'm going to be worried. But I just think that – I think we're going to be able to go in there and – for lack of a better word, manhandle them on the offensive line, believe it or not. Because, um, I mean, why not? We've done it the last four games. Right. Why would we think it's not going to happen against a smaller line, right? So I think we figured that out. But if we get behind, uh, if we get behind by 10 or more early on, if we kind of mess up there, um, it, it could get dicey. But I think we win by 21. Yeah. And I think also what kind of assures me a little bit more is, we saw how good our defense is and how fired up they are. And to me, I said, like, again, we're thinking back to the 2004 team, you know, their defense, I mean, the, the kind of the defense of the old that ran teams, you know, defenses win championships. 
Well, that narrative switched a little, but I think defenses in these type of games against a lesser than opponent can really slow them down. Because if you look at, you know, Western Kentucky, they put up a, almost 500 yards a game. Now, obviously different conference and they're kind of doing their own thing, but I think we can slow them down a lot. Two things real quick. I, I, unless they change philosophy, I know they lost their offense, offense coordinator. I think they run the similar to Mike Leach offense. Um, or they did run similar mm-hmm. to Mike Leach offense. So that's got to help us a little bit. We just saw that two games ago. Um, the other thing is we got to remember that this is most likely Derek Hall. There's a lot of players. This is their last game at Jordan. Right. Yep. And so that that's going to mean something like that mm-hmm. emotional piece. They're not going to they're not. And we're not. You know, one of the downsides to being four and eight is that we're not going to overlook this game, right? I mean, if as long as we're back in to where we're we're into the season and it appears the players are, they're like, hey, this game matters. I mean, it's four mm-hmm. and eight. Like, we want to win another game. I mean, we want to go into the Iron Bowl with a chance to make a bowl game. I realize yeah. that's a huge task, but you got to win this one to even have that option. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think both of us, I mean – if we even win by like seven or ten points, I'm I'm gonna be happy. Um, a win's a win with the interim coaching staff, right? A win's a win, right? But yeah, I I think it would be more than seven. Yeah, let's talk about our players to watch for this game. Uh, who are you gonna be watching on offense? Hmm, on offense, great question. Um. I guess actually probably Brandon Coffee to be honest with you. I don't mm. I didn't hear bad things about him the other day. You know, Austin Troxel went out. Yeah. So Brandon Coffey, I think he was a JUCO guy that Gus brought over and just never could crack the starting lineup. But um, you know, that uh we're gonna need the O line to play well again. Oh, yeah. Also Council, he went out but he claims yeah. he's gonna be back. He had an ankle issue. Um but whoever came in, Jernigan, I don't know who came in for him. We didn't really miss a beat. So I'd say the O-line in general, but but Caulfield on that right tackle. Yeah, I, I was going to kind of go on that same route. I mean, it, it, to me, it's got to be running backs. I mean, you got to think we're going to commit to that run and uh, do it again. I mean, it's worked. You're seeing success. Keep it going. So between Tank and Jarquez and, and even, you know, some of the Amari Austin, you know, doing some of the speed sweep type stuff. I mean, I, I think we kind of have a three-headed monster that uh, we can attack with the run game. All right, defense. Let's talk about that. Who are you going to be watching on defense? Derek Hall. Just last mm-hmm. home game. More of a, just a, that man, he's all over the place. And I want to see him go out with a, a lot of seniors uh, or people that can leave. I guess the Hall can, can Colby wouldn't come back? He's not, but could he? I don't know if he's a senior. Uh, he might. I mean, he might use like a COVID year. Yeah, just watch those guys have fun. Hopefully, go out on a on a winning note, um, and and just see their effort that they're going to put in. I, I think it's going to be probably top notch, just from you know the the uh, circumstances. So I'll be yeah. keeping an eye on those guys. Yeah, the guy I'm I keep leaning towards is Owen Papo, um, because I I truly do think he's gotten better he in gotten the last better. couple games. Um, and, and for a while there, we were a little harsh on him. Because oh, he was boy, he was kind of yeah, non-existent. Better. Um, so I, I keep coming back to Owen Papo. I'll, I'll kind of do an honorary mention: DJ James and uh, Jalen Simpson, kind of in the secondary. I mean, they're always so fun to watch, and they they do a great job out there. All right, special teams. So you can be watching. I mean, is there anybody else? <laughs> nah. We got to watch uh, Mr. McPherson and see or McPherson. Is it McPherson or McPherson? I've heard it both ways. Okay. I don't know. 
all right, we're going to be watching him. I mean, because, you know, if ESPN and Vegas are correct, he's going to matter. So I don't think they are. But um, let's let's see. Can he build on the, you know, momentum from last week and uh, start solidifying that position for next year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, either him or who was it? We had – oh, we didn't even mention him. Uh, new punt returner, Dazlin Warsham. So I think I'm going to be watching him. Um, just because I think our defense is going to shut them down. We're going to get some opportunities to return some punts. So let's watch uh, Mr. Warsham. Um, he did pretty good um, in this last game. Uh, I think we had had Keandre Scott out there uh, most other games. So, yeah, for a guy who, who hasn't done it this season, uh, he seemed to kind of step in there and fill the gap. So hope he can do that again. All right, a couple other things. Uh an Auburn fan perspective of the SEC. You know, this this week I think both of you and I were at game or at the game and uh, didn't necessarily get to watch some, uh, but they did show some uh, highlights throughout uh, kind of the pre-game and even during the game of other games going on. Um, Missouri versus Tennessee, who's uh, now number five. Uh, Tennessee put the whooping on Missouri, 66 to 24. I mean, for Tennessee, you know, coming off of a you know, pretty tough loss to Georgia, where I'm sure they thought that they could they could win, they 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 were like, we're gonna take it to Missouri, <laughs> and they sure did. Uh, LSU, who's number seven, almost lost to Arkansas, 13 to 10. So I, I feel like kind of the storyline there it is, isn't it so crazy that LSU has now won the SEC West? I mean, in what world did we think that? I mean, I don't think anybody. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, LSU should have lost to Auburn. I mean, that Robbie uh-huh. fumble. They really could have lost to Mississippi State at home. Mississippi State fumbles a punt off the face mask that gives them the ball at like the five. So my point is, they earned it. They won, but they are not dominant. And yeah. so they're, they're as good. I was not surprised by that game. Right. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they've done more than everybody else. But, yeah, they're not dominant, and they probably don't want what is waiting for them in Atlanta from Georgia. So maybe it's better we didn't make it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they. I'm surprised. I mean, kudos to Brian Kelly doing that first year. Yeah. And then uh, Vanderbilt, of all people, of all <laughs> schools, uh, beat Kentucky. <laughs> Can we now stop trying to make Kentucky a thing? Uh, it's like, yeah. how are they still top 25? I feel like they're losing to everybody, and they still show top 25, and they always yeah. talk about that quarterback. This quarterback's going to be the number one pick in the draft. Every time I watch him, he's terrible. I'm like, yeah, yeah he might be big with a strong arm, but, I mean, I, he, I don't know. He, he only put up, and it, it wasn't even him, six points against Tennessee this year. I yeah, mean, I like, just, I feel ooh. like every game I watch, they just keep trying to make Kentucky and that quarterback be a thing, and I'm like, it's all about perspective, right? Because this year they had Arkansas being the second-ranked team in the West when the season started, just strictly because Arkansas was no longer terrible. Yeah. I'm like, y'all got to use your brains here. It's not like Arkansas was dominating the SEC. They just were terrible, and their coach had made them not terrible anymore. Yeah, that's so true. Same thing with SEC, uh, Kentucky. They're not known as a football school, so now they're having decent success. They're getting elevated as to where they're a powerhouse, and they're not. Yep. Oh, definitely not. Um, I mean, Vanderbilt. Okay, so here's a crazy stat for you. 
they ended a 26-game SEC losing streak. Mm-hmm. Imagine being that team. You mm-hmm. know, that that Vanderbilt team, they're just like, wow. I mean, there's even a Vanderbilt player in the locker room. He, he posted a video of it, and he was he trash-talked, and he was like, how'd you lose to the Vanderbilt Commodores? <laughs> trash talking like, the whole team. <laughs> That's like the overrated chant. That, that's just so dumb to me. I mean, to yeah. downgrade your team's victory. But right. That, that's funny, though, that he did that. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, Bama versus Ole Miss. Now, that was a fun one. They were showing a lot of highlights. My brother uh, at the game before uh, Auburn's game got started. Um, we were watching that one super closely. Um, because Ole Miss, you know, at halftime had a little bit of a lead. Um, and Alabama, you know, for – a lot of the first half kind of didn't look like they're the same Alabama, you know, and they, I think Alabama just grinded it out. Um, I mean, Alabama's talent is a lot more than Ole Miss's. Um, and it's kind of relevant, you know, with the talk about Lane Kiffin potentially being our head, next head coach. Um, I mean, I, I made a prediction that uh, if Ole Miss loses this game, I think Auburn has a much higher chance of, of getting him as a head coach. Yep. Because at this point, he hasn't beaten Saban. As much as he wants to beat his previous coach, he's not doing it at Ole Miss. And I don't think he can. So I think, yeah, I think Auburn yeah, I think gives him a better chance. I think it was huge from perspective of Kiffin from that, which exactly what you just said. But it's also huge that he's not no longer in the playoff picture now. So if he wins that game and they went out, they're, they're in a playoff, yeah. potential playoff conversation. Yeah. A lot of things have to happen, but – then we have to move on, right? Like you, we can't we can't be hiring a coach who's got to worry about postseason. Like we got to have a coach a few days after the Iron Bowl is over, right? With transfer portal and all that. So yeah, that it was a. I know we don't want to cheer for Alabama, and I would never do that. But from a, <laughs> if we get Lane or if you want Lane Kiffin, that was probably the best outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Florida, uh, pretty much shut out South Carolina. Uh, so maybe Florida's catching on to something. They're now six and four. Uh, so props to them for, for doing things. I mean, they're, they're kind of putting in the hard work. I mean, and I feel like it's at some point going to start paying off. I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those teams like Auburn where they have had recent success and it's just a matter of kind of that next level of believing that you can actually do it. And then Georgia beat Mississippi state, you know, very much expected. So, yeah. Georgia is still undefeated, and uh, they're 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 headed towards the playoffs. And uh, being a Georgia person, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, they basically clinched the playoffs. I mean, even if they were to lose to LSU somehow, uh, it'd be crazy for them not to make the playoffs still. So, yeah, I mean, I think even if they lose, yeah, they're in. They're I mean, not. unless they like, get embarrassed by LSU, but I don't. That's they're not going to lose to LSU, but there's no that the only scenario where they don't make the playoffs is if they get embarrassed by LSU. Right. When I'm looking, there, there's already a you know betting line out there. Georgia's a 16-point favorite, so yeah, that's, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it's happening. Yeah, not going to happen, but that's the only scenario where Georgia doesn't make the playoffs. And yeah. they probably still do, but that was the only case they don't. Right. All right, any other topics, that, uh, anything else that you noticed from this last uh, week or – uh, you know, looking towards uh, Western Kentucky? Uh, no, I think we pretty much covered it all, man. Yeah. 
Um, one other kind of final, just funny you know, I just saw this one um, noted for for the Mississippi State game. Uh, Mike Leach, uh, Mike Mike Leach was asked. Uh, he was like, "How how how did you kind of you know rate this game?" And he he responded back kind of rhetorically to the person asking, and it was like, "You're watching the game, then react negatively or positively." And I was like, "What a Mike Leach answer!" Like, <laughs> yeah, he he's a he's a character man. Yeah, he's, he's somebody character. <laughs> All right, Jared, how can people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And you can find me on Twitter at AJAY, underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.